Dynasty Football Network presents Super Flexible Podcast with your two co-hosts, Tudrin and Swags, and host, Steve Halepka. Let's go! Oh, man. He is out here contemplating whether or not he's going to retire. He won't be here tonight while he set over. So it's me at FL2 Minimum and my boy at DFF underscore swag. It's here tonight. What's going on, brother? Dude, so did are you saying he's retiring with Andrew Luck? <laughs> did that I'm saying he's just happen? Because you know I'm like it. giggling and trying to not like <sighs> We he's, gotta get our guest on. Let's bring the guest on. Guest uh, I have to tell the guest before he's introduced. I'm just gonna call him guest for fun, but and he's a huge guest, super happy to have him here. But Steve has a huge crush on Andrew Luck. He was crying, super crying. <laughs> Rumor has it. But the laugh, a little sneak peek, you don't know yet. It's Mr. Marcus Grant from NFL Network. What is up, dude? So thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I've, I've heard from a lot of Colts fans who, uh, they've gone through, what is it, the, the seven steps of grief or whatever. <laughs> like, I think Colts, Colts Nation is sort of working through all these steps of grief, and I think each, each Colts fan is sort of at a different level, depending on, you know, on, on how they are processing this. They may have even added a couple steps. <laughs> Not step 12. Uh, <laughs> it turned into AA real fast. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm going to skip all over the sheet just a little bit right off the bat. And let's stay with Andrew Luck. Uh, can, for fantasy-wise, we have to move on. Do you, Marcus, do you believe this is Jacoby Brissett's team? Do they bring in a vet? Please don't say Chad Kelly, although I just drafted him in a startup. They, I mean, the the Colts are definitely moving on with Jacoby Brissett. This is going to be his team. Um, You know, fantasy-wise, I I like Jacoby Brissett. I I think he's going to have a decent year, and I really wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, he maybe sneaks into the back end of the top 15. Um, You know, I, I I know that the last time around when he was a starter, it wasn't particularly great. But, you know, things have changed in, in the couple of years since then. I mean, one, the, the Colts have figured out their offensive line problems, which, you know, is legitimately a reason why Andrew Luck is no longer in the league because of the beating he took behind that group the first few years of his career. But now they've got a group that can protect the quarterback, that can keep him upright. And the other part of it is he has a different coach. He's got Frank Reich now versus Chuck Pagano. And Reich is is very good with I, – I hate the term quarterback whisperer, but he's very good with quarterbacks, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you go back over the last five years, and that, that encompasses Reich as not only a head coach, but also as an offensive coordinator. In four of those five years, he had a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And, and that's not to say that Jacoby Brissett's going to suddenly be a top 10 quarterback, but I think it speaks to what he can do with the position and, and the fact that Brissett seems to be in better hands now than he was the last time he was a starter. Yeah, totally, totally agree there. And I, I do like Brissett, I think, to to get into that maybe even a little bit higher than 15. But I guess we'll see how these play out. So for the players involved, is T.Y. takes the, the biggest hit, but he wasn't that consistent to begin with, like week in and week out. We feel like that comes back, but is he the one that takes the biggest hit here overall for fantasy? Uh, T.Y. takes a hit. I think Eric Ebron may take a little bit of a hit as well. Um it's it's a mixed bag, I think, with Ebron, right? On the one hand, Brissett seemed very comfortable with throwing to his tight ends when he was the starter the last time around. The other part of it is that he was very comfortable throwing to Jack Doyle. So, you know, I'm I'm curious how this works out, whether or not Brissett and Doyle have some sort of connection that they resume now that Brissett's the starter, or whether it just you know it's just the tight end position in general 
I mean, I think with Ebron, we already sort of assumed that the, the touchdown number was going to come down. He scored, what, 14, 15 touchdowns last year. That, you know, I don't think anybody believed that's going to happen again. Uh, it maybe comes down a little bit more now because uh, Andrew Luck's no longer there. So I think he takes a hit. I think T.Y. Hilton, I think is still, I think he's still a, a you know, kind of high-end wide receiver too right now. I, I, I don't think he takes a major, major hit. Uh, I'm also a little bit worried about Marlon Mack, and maybe that's because I was like, you know, I was caping up for Marlon Mack all offseason long, but a lot of that was under the assumption that Andrew Luck was going to be the starting quarterback, that the Colts would win, you know, 10 to 12 games this year, and that and that Marlon Mack would sort of be the closer to run the football with about four minutes left. That maybe changes a little bit, and I'm not quite as excited about Marlon Mack as I was before, um, whereas I felt good with him as my RB2. Maybe he's more of a flex guy now for me. Yeah. Swags, does that make Mac like are you, are you want to sell out and 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 be done with it, or does he become a buy on on maybe somebody wanting to get out of it? What's what's your thoughts there with Mac? Um, I mean, I think Mac finished what like RB fifteen ish last year, depending on scoring, and uh, right. I, I kind of saw that as his absolute ceiling. To be honest with you, I'm not a huge Mac guy. He's You're not somebody a huge Mac guy. I You're the kind wrong of guy felt was to. replaceable in 2020, maybe. You know, yep. for this year. But I mean, truthfully, like, I think that Marlon Mack is still going to be like an RB2. Like, I don't think his ceiling's quite as high, but I think he has a decent floor. He's going to be utilized a lot. I mean, they'll have to still put the ball in his hands a little bit to keep some pressure off Brissett. Um, Brissett's admirable, but I don't think he's Andrew Luck. Nobody's arguing that here. Um, the question I had, I mean, moving forward is Brissett the guy in 2020? I think the Colts have a first-round pick and two second-round picks. Do you think that they go after a quarterback, Marcus, or try to get a vet somehow signed? Maybe, um, but I, I think right now they believe in Brissett, and I think we sort of saw flashes the last time around of what he could be. Um, you know, we saw flashes, I think, when he was in New England, the, the times he got to start and play there. So I, I don't know that they are necessarily in a rush to go get a quarterback, and I think that you know, for for the Colts, um, I, if you are in the market for a quarterback next year, I think that means things went horribly, horribly wrong. And I guess I just don't foresee that happening with this group. It's kind of gone horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you ask people in Indianapolis, yes, they would absolutely agree with that. But so kind of sticking there, right? And I guess it goes to a little bit in how the Colts themselves believe in them, you know, as a team moving forward. If if you're redoing it in 2020, getting a quarterback, then why are you playing Brissett? I, I get you have to put a product on the field, but if he makes your team better, why are we? And, and our goal is to get a quarterback next year, anyways. You know what I mean? If, if Brissett plays w- with the defense turned around and and what we all kind of feel like he could be at least serviceable in for those pieces around there, you know, they finish middle of the pack. That's you might move yourself out of the what the top three quarterbacks in next year's class, and now you're redoing it again. So I feel like you either have to commit to Brissett or maybe getting a veteran like a next year, you know, free agency like uh, Andy Dalton if he gets released. I don't know that that's better, but oh. well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned Andy Dalton, and, and and as you were talking, the one thing that stuck in my head was that that's the one thing you don't want to be. You don't want Jacoby Brissett to be Andy Dalton in the sense that. He's good enough to, you know, maybe get you into right. the playoffs, but not good enough to go anywhere. Um, and so, you know, I mean, part of that is that's part of the reason the Bengals have been stuck in limbo for however many years now, because, you know, Andy Dalton is just good enough to kind of get you there. 
not good enough to take you all the way, but because it's so hard to find and develop quarterbacks, I think the Bengals have felt sort of handcuffed. It's like, well, we could move on, but will we necessarily get anybody better or will we take a step back? And it's it's also part of the reason, like my friends at, at around the NFL, Chris Wessling and those guys have come up with their Andy Dalton scale, where like if you have a quarterback that's better than Andy Dalton, you for sure have a franchise quarterback. If he's worse than Andy Dalton, uh, then you don't. And Dalton is sort of that that midline. He's kind of the Mendoza line of of quarterbacks, I guess, if you will. <laughs> That's never a good feeling. That's not something you want to be. I don't know that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a Colts jersey yet. Oh, if, he, if, he's, if he's continuing his world tour, maybe that's where he's at. <laughs> All right. Well, you brought it up, so I'm I'm going to have to do it now. So in the same regard there, let's go to Miami for a second. Unfortunately, that's my team, but that's that's how it works. Um, if, if Fitzpatrick's going to play – what what is that team doing and and why aren't they taking that same or similar approach we don't want to be in the middle and i'm not i don't know that fitzpatrick even gets them to the middle but i believe it's more games than what rosen would do this year if he was given the job the whole time i i don't understand what the dolphins are doing to be perfectly honest with you i mean at at the do start they of the understand year, what they're doing i don't know i mean i, I think that's <laughs> a valid question i don't know um because you know, at the beginning of this process, it looked like they were, you know, nobody wants to use the tanking word. I understand that. Rebuilding. Let's be kind here, right? Like they were starting to rebuild. And so that meant sort of shedding a lot of pieces, bringing a lot of newer, younger guys in, or at least, you know, low-priced guys in and trying to see what happens this year. But then they get Ryan Fitzpatrick and they look like they're going to install him as the starter potentially. Now there's this rumor that they're trying to talk about adding Jadevian Clowney. So it's yeah, like these, these two opposing philosophies are at work there in Miami. I don't, I really don't understand it. And I, look, I, I like Josh Rosen. I thought coming out of college, that whole group of quarterbacks, um, he was the guy that was the most ready to play right away. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but the guy that if you needed somebody to start week one, he was going to be the most ready. Now, unfortunately for him, he ended up in an absolutely terrible situation with a garbage team and a coach that didn't last, you know, that, that couldn't last more than one season. Um, now he gets shipped to Miami, a team that doesn't really seem to understand what its own plan is, uh, again, on a bad team and sort of being forced to compete for a job. Like, I think he's a good, talented quarterback. I just I want him to land in a situation where he has a fair shot. And through one plus NFL season, uh, I just I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's man. The Fitz never signing Fitz never made sense to me in the get go. And then they get they trade for Rosen during the draft and get a great deal for him to see if it's worth it at all. You should just take the loss on Fitz, give him his money and say, sweet, hold the clipboard this year or we'll trade you to another team, which nobody would do. Right. Not I mean, starting Rosen see, doesn't make any sense. We've, we've seen this movie, right? We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He'll have two or three really bananas great games. Uh, you know, and then he'll have a couple of games where he just, you know, lights himself on fire. So, it, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't understand it. You know, let Josh Rosen play, especially if you're trying to build something. Put the young guy out there. Let's see what he can do. I mean, I guess if he absolutely craps the bed, then you go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, but you know, let him out, right? Yeah, let him let him crap the bed. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, I, I say get him out there, see what you have before the 2020 draft class. And if you need to take care of that, I mean, Fitzpatrick's not your future. No, he's not. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get what the Dolphins are doing right now. All right, Marcus. So agree with a lot of that there, but let's allude back to the beginning of the news where two drink had noted, pay your good players. We know that's one of your mottos here. And how much did Lev Bell 
pave the way for Zeke and Melvin Gordon to have these holdouts? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, I think I think that story is still to be written. Um, you know, and I, and I think I think Zeke is a good test case because of what he means to the Cowboys. I think Melvin Gordon, as much as I'd love to see him uh, get paid, I think he doesn't quite have the same amount of leverage. I mean, the Chargers seem perfectly content to roll into the season with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. And I think most people who watch football would say that Melvin Gordon is not quite an elite running back. He's a very good running back, but he's not, you know, he's not a Zeke or, or even a Lev Bell or, you know, a Saquon or anything like that. So I think he's got a tough, a tough leg to stand on. Um, but I mean, I, I would like to see these guys, you know, be able to sort of get paid. The fact that, um, you know, they, they do so much work, they take so much physical abuse. And then at the end of it, they're told, well, you are certainly replaceable. You know, the, the whole RBs don't matter thing that has taken hold on Twitter. <laughs> um, it, you know, it is, it's like these guys do so much work and then are sort of told when it's time for contract time, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're replaceable. We can get somebody else for cheaper. So we're not going to pay you. Uh, I mean, I think, I think on a lot of levels, one, I think it's, it's gone overboard because I think there's a reason elite guys are elite, that they are worth that money. Um, I think from just sort of a, a humanist standpoint, just kind of watching these guys take the pounding they get and to sort of be told that, you know, you're replaceable. I think that sort of sucks. But I also think thirdly from an entertainment value, right? Like, you know, the Cowboys, uh, yeah, look, the, I know the Dallas Cowboys are a popular team, but if you're going out and you're buying tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys, would you rather watch Ezekiel Elliott run or Tony Pollard? Right. I mean, right. I think there's, there's, there's also just an entertainment value to putting butts in seats. And I think that's what guys like Lev Bell, like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, like Saquon Barkley when the time comes. These guys help put butts in seats, and that, if uh, on its face alone, should be sort of worth the economic investment that teams make in some of these guys. Do, yeah. do we see it move then, or like, you know, future of this game? Are we talking like uh, running backs taking like one and two year deals at a, at a higher, you know, guaranteed short term money? Because the owners are going to protect themselves too. Unless you're Jim Ursay and you just give $25 million <laughs> away, right? Like, we got to remember, yeah. right? These guys make a lot of money. The owners make stupid money where he's like, I don't need right. that 25 mil. Good job. So I just, right. like, how do we see this game going so that these elite guys can be that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think, the thing that, that we're trying to figure out right now. You know, I, I saw some idea floated that running backs break away and form their own union. Like, I don't think that's a great idea. Um, just running yeah, the, back. Right. Like, I just, you know, hey, it's like, yeah, I, I appreciate the effort you put into that idea, but I don't I don't think that's the right one. Um, you know, I, I've heard you know, that, that there may be something in the CBA where they sort of restructure uh, how contracts are written. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't honestly know the answer. There are people out there way smarter than me at this sort of thing who I think can kind of put their heads together and come up with something. But I, I think we got to figure out a way uh, to take what is still a marquee position with a lot of talented players and, and figure out how to pay them. I also think that if you know, you stop paying running backs, eventually you stop having a lot of talented people play running back. Cause Correct. why would I do that? Why would I take this kind of beating and not get rewarded for it? I just think that means you end up, you know, shallowing out the talent pool at that position as well. Well, and I mean, honestly, if you just look at it, the way the, the game is overall, the guaranteed money that guys get in baseball and basketball, like, Plus the beating you take in football. If you have a son growing up right now, like which sport are you pushing him towards? Oh, I've always said I, I, so I, I was fortunate enough. I, I have a son now who's just a few months old. And um, I always said if I had a son, I was going to tie his right arm to his side for the first 12 years of his life and make him a left-handed <laughs> pitcher. Um, his mother right now is sort of against that idea. I don't know why. 
Um, sort of. It's early. Yeah, it's, it's early. It's, it's, yeah, it's sort of, right? I mean, you know, I, he picked up. He picked like a. He picked up a rattle with his left hand, and I like. There's hope. Like there's <gasps> hope. If he can do this, so sort of. We'll work on that. <laughs> it's funny. Just always giving him like a spoon to the left one. No, no, no. <laughs> Everything's on that side. You can do it. I feel it. That's funny. Uh, All right, so I do you want to hit the uh, the promo there for fantasy football. Yeah, let's get over to bestfantasyfootballleague.com. Bestfantasyfootballleague.com. Join a 12-team dynasty startup draft today. Leagues start at just $49 and go up to $999. Starting lineups of one quarterback, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex spots. They also have best ball leagues, weekly leagues, and redraft leagues with six different starting lineup options in 10, 12, and 14 team leagues. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com <clears throat> The best fantasy football leagues on the net. Alright, get over and check out BestFantasyFootballLeague.com Alright Marcus, so the next one I have wrote down here is just fantasy scoring for quarterbacks. And I'll be honest, this is, this is kind of how I approached you when I saw you tweet this out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was wondering kind of your thoughts here. Are you trying to f- – like you want to find a way to fix the quarterback scoring in fantasy to to make it be more like real you know, real football? Like making it more important yeah. or are you trying to – yeah. Yeah, no, I mean we, we, we have to add value back to the fantasy quarterback position right now because we have reached the point where honestly fantasy quarterbacks don't matter. Um, and it was sort of Andrew Luck that, that spurred this idea for me is that – you know, a few weeks ago when we were still trying to figure out this injury situation and it looked like, hey, there's a chance he might miss some time early in the season. The general fantasy community reaction was, yeah, so what? You know, like quarterbacks, dude, don't worry about it. Don't draft and go get somebody else. And it, that just struck me as weird that we, are, we were basically eliminating a player who's an elite player at his position, the supposed most important position on the field. Um, we lose an elite player and the general reaction is shrug and we all move on. Like, Melvin Gordon's not elite, but he is threatening to miss games, and it's it's shuffling people's draft strategies, right? Like Ezekiel Elliott mm-hmm. hasn't signed a contract yet. People are freaking out about what to do if they have a pick in the top four or five of their fantasy drafts this year because it means that much. Yet for some, some weird reason, when somebody drafts Patrick Mahomes in the first couple of rounds, we all look at it and say, well, you wasted a pick. Like that doesn't make sense to me, right? Like so we got to sure. figure out a way to add quarterback back into draft strategies, right? Like we got to make it so that having an elite quarterback, having, you know, Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers actually ends up being a strategic advantage instead of like, Hey, I'm just going to take a chance and and jump off a cliff and draft this guy in the fourth round and and hope it doesn't burn me. Like we got to figure that out because I think we've sort of jumped the shark on, on the quarterback scoring and how we strategically draft a position in right now. Are you in any super flex leagues, Marcus? Just curious. So I'm, I am in a couple. Yes. And that was, so when I tweeted this out, that was the, the one big response I got over and over again. Yeah. And I was sort of, I was sort of anticipating that. Sure, right. Sure. And, and look, super flex leagues have, they have strategy, but I think it's sort of a, I think it's a different conversation because I think right. when you talk super flex leagues, it's not so much separating the value of the quarterbacks as it does create scarcity. Like you go get a quarterback mm-hmm. just because eventually they're going to be gone. Um, that doesn't sure. necessarily mean you, that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a big advantage. That's because, what I do with running you know, backs, though, too. Right. So, <laughs> but, but that's what we've created scarcity with running backs. We've created scarcity even with a, a certain number of wide receivers. Um, 
But I, I, and I think there's a difference between creating value and creating scarcity. And so like, I, okay. I like super flex leagues. I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's a different way to play and I think it's a different strategy, but I think overall we just have to figure out. So, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll put it another way, right? If you were an actual NFL team and if the purpose of fantasy football is to sort of simulate running your own NFL team, if you're an NFL team and you choose poorly at quarterback, that sets your franchise back for a while. Right. Right. Yep. Um, in fantasy, it should sort of be the same way that if you choose poorly at quarterback, uh, then it does, it hampers your team and forces you to go out and make a decision as opposed to like, whatever, man, there's like, you know, Mitch Trubisky sucked this week. I'll just right. go out and get Dak Prescott next week and everything will still be fine. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. stream the we gotta have some con- and- We got to have some consequences here for, for, for drafting or, you know, or working a free agent wire poorly. We, we got to figure that out. So do you have any ideas? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be honest. I was hoping this was kind of where we were going. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just super flex bringing that value in. And how can we bring the, the points yeah. to that? And then would it be fair to bring that point scoring system into super flex then at that point? Um, yeah, because I think it's still – so my idea, and you know, they're not all fully fleshed out, but just kind of the beginnings of some ideas. I think let's one, make it. I think one, let's figure out – let's increase the yardage needed to score a point as a passer, right? Like we've sort of lived with the 25 yards for a while, right? Where Mm -hmm. the league is slanted toward passing. The league is slanted toward having quarterbacks with higher yardage totals. So how about we make it that you get a point for, you call it 35 yards, 50 yards is one point. So that way it does reward quarterbacks who put up big yardage numbers, right? If you want, you throw for 500 yards, like kudos, you, you, you know, you, you should, you should get rewarded for that. Um, but I think, you know, I think, look, I have sort of never really cared much one way or another about four points for passing touchdowns or six points for passing touchdowns. But mm-hmm. I think if we're if we're really trying to do this, let's go to six point passing touchdowns. One, because that's what a touchdown counts in real that's life. So is. why not? <laughs> right. So, I mean, so like just just common sense says let's just make it six points. <laughs> but the other part of that is if we're going to make those six point touchdowns, Let's make interceptions more punitive. Let's make turnovers more punitive. There's no reason Blake Bortles a few years ago should have been a top Correct. 10 fantasy quarterback with all the interceptions he threw, right? So let's make let's make interceptions minus four, right? So that, that way, if you throw three picks in a real game, you have really hurt your team's chances to win. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you throw three picks in a fantasy game, like you throw two touchdowns, you've pretty much kind of canceled that out. Um, let's, let's make these interceptions and these fumbles hurt a little bit more. Let's also like create escalators, right? For when you, if you throw three or four touchdowns in a game, you know, the first two are six, right? After that, maybe they're worth eight, you know, something that, that bumps it up after oh. a while. So if you have a four touchdown game, congratulations, you, crushed it. you yeah. crushed it. Um, so like, I think that's, I think that's sort of a way to do it. I know some leagues do sort of bonus points. You get an extra point if a guy goes for 300 yards or 400 mm-hmm. yards, what have you. I mean, maybe we leave that in there as well. But I think, I think especially the part about making it hurt more to throw interceptions, I think that starts to separate the elite quarterbacks from the good quarterbacks from the bad quarterbacks. And I think more than anything, gotcha. that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm aiming for. I think that's what we want. More, more so just separating the, the pure talent across the board at the quarterback position, right. not, not within all the other positions. Right. So, I mean, so then now all of a sudden yeah. it, really, it really is a choice. If you're at the top of the third round, and you're looking at maybe a so-so wide receiver, or you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, like it becomes a real choice because, you know, in theory, a guy like Mahomes has the potential to to be that much better than the second or third best, or certainly the 10th best quarterback, right? So like Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't, I don't want to get the number 10 quarterback because that will put me at a severe disadvantage. 
you know, if I'm if I'm praying for, you know, I don't know, pick a quarterback, Dak Prescott or Phillip Rivers to have a huge week every week to keep up. I mean, I think it just sort of changes your strategy. Yeah. So in this format, like in this might seem irrelevant, but um, it seems important to me. Like, will we have defenses? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you I'm just gonna... lost them. Because, <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, here's my argument. Like, said quarterback is playing said defense, and that what if you have the defense that makes your crappy quarterback get three interceptions and a fumble, and now your defense just went off while my quarterback's also losing all these points? It, it really hurts. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you sort of canceled yourself out, I guess, in a lot of ways, right? Or if worse, you know, is... if you're playing me and you have the the amazing defense going against my well, quarterback who just had a really bad game, I mean, that's that's serious. So it's, so it's funny, though, because I, as, as I was in the car sitting on the 405 going, you know, 18 miles an hour, uh, I had time to think about fantasy defenses too and and maybe maybe we are char- in charge of a, a change of scoring and so this is one like i literally just thought about this like <laughs> two hours ago so i'm still i'm still sort of forming All this right, idea love it. but but mm-hmm. something about like you know let's figure out one obviously you know we we give or subtract points based on how many points an opposing defense gave up that's cool mm-hmm. i think at some point we, we got to look at you know awarding or subtracting points based on how many yards a defense gives up too. Um, hmm. I, you know, like it, it, I get it. If you don't give up a whole lot of points, that's awesome. But if you let an offense just run up and down the field on you all day, like, you know, you shouldn't necessarily be rewarded for that. You know, even if you only gave up, you know, 10, 15, 10, 14 points, if you gave up like 500 yards of offense and then, you know, the offense uh, shot it, shot itself in the foot near the goal line. I mean, that isn't necessarily, I don't know. I think there's a way to do that too. Um, but I think there's a way to kind of reinforce or, or change defensive scoring. I mean, I just think for me, it goes back to, and I'm, I know I'm sort of rambling here, but it, it goes back to if, if we're doing this as a way to simulate running an actual football team, then we need all the pieces. We need quarterbacks. We need receivers. We need, we need kickers. I know people are mad about that, but we need kickers <laughs> too. Like if, if this is what we're trying to do here and we're not just, you know, picking wide receivers and running backs and seeing who can catch the most touchdowns. Like if we're actually doing fantasy football, we got to figure out how to make all these pieces work together. And so then at this point, and I'm not being a smart ass, you might think I am, but do we need to make it? Let's talk, let's talk it out. Do we need to make it so there's a way that kickers can absolutely lose it for you? Blair Walsh, just pull Blair sure. Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh my God, you know, I like, just got negative me. 10 in the last like <laughs> minute of the game. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a way to change the scoring so that kickers, you know, can hurt a whole <laughs> lot more. Um, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's like actual football, there's never, there's, there's always rarely one player that actually loses the game for you. So I think fantasy should sort of be the same, but yeah, if we can figure out a way to like, I don't know, make kicker scoring so that like, I don't know, it hurts more when they miss one. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's that's you as easy as just be, making all missed field goals like minus five or something like that. I mean, because in in that sense, <laughs> then you're also making like certain kickers have more value too. We're changing right. it all. I mean, we we have we have basically gone to a point like especially like in ten team leagues, and I know you know for advanced players, you're you're playing twelve, fourteen, you're playing different formats. All of it's fun. People need to chill out. Right. It's all fun. And like, admittedly, like there's a majority, there's, there's a large percentage of the, of the fantasy football world that are casual players that are playing in 10 team leagues. We've gotten to a point now where, you know, you can wait on a quarterback. Some, some people don't even draft quarterbacks. They stream them. 
people stream tight ends. You know, you just grab whatever kicker you stream defenses. So we've basically turned fantasy drafting into a situation where who can basically scout the best at wide receiver and running back. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Um, mm-hmm. That that eliminates a good portion of draft strategy. I mean, if you just are waiting till the end to grab a certain position and feeling like, well, I'll be okay there or I can just stream. Like you really have sort of, you, you really trimmed down the draft experience and sort of taken, I think, some of the fun out of out of trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, I kind of like it. I think you have a lot of interesting points. I mean, nobody's come close to talking me into a kicker in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even take that. I will take that. That's a win for me. (laughs) But I mean, it's got to be kind of interesting, you know, and not enough to like totally ruin the fun, but enough to like, I guess, add a little pressure to it, a little extra angst in the kicker area. Not so much that I'm just like, eh, I might play week 15 without a kicker. <laughs> right. I mean, like, literally, if we've, we've gotten to that point where people are like, whatever, I just won't play a kicker. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if we're just, if we're just, it literally is seven on seven now. Like, let's just play wide receivers and running backs and forget the rest. Like, right. I don't know. And then, even like, <laughs> sometimes, a couple times, though, even as like yourself as an analyst, like, looking at somebody's team, you're like, ah, I don't know if I advise it, but I actually get it. Like, yeah, don't play a kicker. You got it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, sometimes it, it you know, Look, at the way things are set now, like that is a smart move. Like I, I'm not, you know, like I'm not going to be the dumb one and just completely scrap all, you know, w- what everybody's doing. And, you know, I'm not going to try to be different just to be different. Like I still want to win. Right? So, but, right. But I think I think these are the conversations we have in the offseason about trying to tweak this thing and make it better and make it more fun. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I understand how things are. And I, you know. I try to win too, so I understand play by these rules. But I mean, like we can we can talk about changing the rules. A Maybe little bit. change the rules after we draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally joking. So let's let's get invited to some of uh, Marcus some of your strategies for Superflex, and it could be uh, Dynasty is generally what we we discuss the most here, but it is redraft season all around. So either way, there, like, how do you go into it? Obviously, you got to be fluid, but are you looking to get a couple quarterbacks early and create that scarcity, or are you willing to wait? No, I mean, I feel like you, you got to get a quarterback in the first two rounds. You got to get at least one, um, just because. Look, uh, yeah, there, there's nothing worse than you know waiting on that quarterback. Then all of a sudden, your your first one is one that, that you're not all that sold about, and then you're really scrambling to find a second one. Like you, you got to get at least one you're going to feel comfortable with because they're all going to go off the board quickly. That that is sort of my thing, and I think even in in like dynasty leagues, um, you know, I think especially in uh, like rookie dynasty drafts, like sometimes you got to reach for one uh, if you if you're not comfortable with the guys you have. Uh, and and you know, so I think you know, for instance, this year coming up uh, when Tua is in the draft, right? Like Tua is going to be a guy that's going to be popular uh, mm-hmm. pretty much regardless of where he lands. Trevor Lawrence is another guy that, you know, when we get to, to dynasty rookie drafts and he's there, he's going to be popular because if you are hurting at that quarterback position, you want to try to get not only one that's going to be good, but one that's going to be good and young and potentially can anchor your roster for a while. Swags. Yes, sir. Is that enough? Is that enough quarterbacks for you? Um, I mean, well, <laughs> I, I like to have as many as I can. It depends on how it's fallen. Um, most of my favorite teams, I have like four to six guys that I consider maybe a starter at some point, even if my sixth is Rosen. I like a lot. <laughs> I like to um, create a certain amount of desperate like owners around the league to where at, at some point they'll be coming to me. They'll have to. So, yeah, you, I want you, a lot. You, you sound like Rorschach from Watchmen, like, you know. 
they're going to say, look up and save us. And I'm going to say, no, like that's. that's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I I like to have a lot. Like I like to target golf or, but I I also like am one to, I don't want to start a quarterback run. I want to be a part of it, but I'm fine even being at the middle of it. If I don't notice a quarterback run, um, and they're just kind of coming off here and there randomly, which I've actually seen a lot of this year. I'm happy like picking and choosing through them too. I've got a lot of Todd Gurley in the first round this year. Hmm. Yeah. Marcus, you is that too early for for Todd Gurley for you? Swags, so, Swags will never give up on Gurley, and I'm not saying he should. I have so many shares now all over the place. Just either trading for him or in startup drafts. Nobody wants him. It's beautiful season. Yeah, I mean, right now, like, so I will say that early on in draft season, I felt like the Todd Gurley panic had gone too far. You know, when I was mm-hmm. getting him at the end of the second round in drafts, I'm like, all right, this is, yeah, this is ridiculous, guys. Let's figure this out. Um, I guess my only hesitation is that we know absolutely zero about what his role is going to be, what he mm-hmm. looks like, how healthy he's going to be. I mean, the fact that they, you know, they've given Malcolm Brown a lot of work. Uh, they've given him a little bit of money that, that they bring in. Uh, they draft Daryl Henderson. Um, and they're just conflicting reports. That makes me nervous. I think that makes me nervous to drop him out of the of the first round. But I think, you know, I think if you let him slide beyond the first couple of picks of the second round, I think that's sort of crazy. So maybe it's splitting hairs a little bit. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I feel about him right now. Yeah, still a young guy. I think he's got – I think he's going to be a league winner still. I took him uh, fourth overall in a redraft league the other day. Wow, okay. With uh, the Zeke news and just kind of tired of waiting. Uh, who knows what happens with Zeke. And yeah. I started putting David Johnson in that four slot for me because, like, I, you know, I, I, I think Zeke's going to be back. I think he's going to be back fairly soon, but you know, I don't want that headache. Yeah, it's tough to argue. Yeah, he he becomes unfun unfun to own, and you just never know. So I was just kind of ready to move on. So let's get over to some trades. Before that, we will go over to the Sounds Scouting good. Academy. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs, and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for a limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. All right, get on over and check out Dynasty. Oh, we'll go to DynastyFootballFactory.com to check out Scouting Academy. There it is. Go through there. Got it. Perfect. All right, Marcus. So all of these, all of these are super flex trades, and all of them are also Dynasty unless I otherwise stated okay. so the very first one here is uh from from one of our brother prods at dynasty trades hq big old super flex trade here we have andrew luck jacoby Brissett, and david montgomery on one side kyler murray and justice hill on the other does luck hold any value to you in dynasty right now marcus no um you I taking think he's anything done. for him right like 2024 no, I, I i think he's done um yeah. You know, like I know people are sort of holding out hope that maybe he takes a year or two off and decides, uh, you know, he wants to come back and play. I mean, maybe, but I mean, Andrew Luck doesn't need football. Like he never really needed football. <laughs> right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like he never really needed football. Yeah. Like his, you know, he, he grew up he was, well. He went to Stanford. Yeah. He's 
He's a smart guy has who a has, yep. has a degree and a whole lot of interests outside of playing football. So like he doesn't need it. And if, if he really says the joy was taken away from him and, and he doesn't want to go and put his body through that, like mm-hmm. I think we've seen the last of him. So like he's got zero value to me. So I, you know, I like Justice Hill. I think, I think he's going to be a sneaky play even in redraft leagues this year. Um, and Kyler Murray's, you know, as Michael Jordan would say, the ceiling is the roof. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that side a little bit more right now. Swags. I know Man, you take it. Such side a tough too, one. But like, it's Montgomery, right? Dave oh. Montgomery is a, a guy I like to get a lot. And I agree. Like in this trade, I almost if if I'm on the Andrew Luck side of it, I'm just kind of like, don't send him because I don't even want to have to drop a scrub for him because <laughs> my scrub's worth a little bit more. <laughs> yep. So. But then, I mean, you get David Montgomery, a guy that you guys almost talked me into liking a little bit more in Brissett. So you get a nice quarterback. <laughs> almost. Almost. And then Kyler so Murray. Wait, I, al- like, I, almost got, I almost talked you into kickers and almost talked you into Jacoby Brissett. Like, now I got a goal to like, try to actually talk you into something. Well, I mean, even like, and I'm, and I'm not kickers. saying it's the same. And I know Dalton's <laughs> had a lot more time to suck or just be serviceable or just get you into the first round of the playoffs. But... I mean, I think at some point you have to do something with your quarterback, and the Colts have decent amount of weapons around. If they don't make it into the playoffs this year, I think that they have to assess that situation and take it a little bit further. I mean, this is a team who's had Peyton Manning, you know, and then the next guy up was going to be Andrew Luck, and now they've got people calling them, telling them they want their season tickets back. I'm not saying that's right, but that's what's happening, you know. So they've got to do something again to – even like you said about Zeke, like, do you want to watch Luck or Jacoby Brissett? And the fans just aren't ever going to be completely happy, even if he wins. They want to go watch the next guy, like their Peyton Manning, the predecessor, like who's gone and it's not going to happen. That said, you get Kyler Murray and Justice Hill on the other side of this. Um, I don't know who's going to be out first, but I was on Warzone as you were to drink. And my, my hot take was all about Justice Hill and... I said that he will be the number three scoring rookie running back this season and around the RB16 to RB20 area. I I love Justice Hill, and you get Kyler Murray. I mean, the value is pretty nice there, but, man, I'm going to Dave Montgomery. Are you really? Ooh. Yep. Ooh. I, I love Montgomery a whole bunch, so I'm with you there. If, if you truly believe Hill is going to be that close, and I'm very shocked you went that way, um, I think I can flip Kyler if I want to. Yeah, you're right. Uh, pretty pretty soon for yeah. more than the luck reset combo. And there are better days to come for Justice Hill. Marcus said he was sneaky. Swag sounds like it's not so sneaky. There's a again. There's another <laughs> well, it game doesn't coming mean it, up if, there. Though. If people don't agree with me, it's still sneaky. No, right. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm well, just saying like there there's better days to come for that side i think where i can get even more than the other side I mean, so value wise he, he's gonna have six ju- to seven hundred yards on the ground and another six to seven hundred through the air four touchdowns on the ground and five through the air was my hot take so nine I mean, touchdowns let's keep in mind too in, in in baltimore right mark mark ingram is i think he's closing in on 30 and i know you know 30 isn't quite the death knell for running backs that it used to be but I mean, this is a guy who is starting to get up there and, and Hill being the younger of the two, I think eventually sort of works his way into a bigger role in what should still be a very run heavy offense. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I should be on the Kyler Murray side a little bit more here. 
I just really like Richard David Montgomery. Too. He's so hard to get right now. I, I go, like David I can Montgomery go out and too. Though. I will Hill say that. All day. There's not yes. as many truthers as there are like me and Marcus mm-hmm. here today. Like Kyler Murray, I'm a little worried about. He could be a player that you completely lose value on right away. I th- yeah, I think it'll be a- easier to flip than it will be that it drops early. To me. I agree. No, I, I do agree I with think- that. I also think Kyler Murray is a little bit of an investment, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. this year isn't the year. You know, I think I think you know if if you know, Charles McDonald, who is a really smart guy who writes for SB Nation, actually did a really good piece today on Cliff Kingsbury and the air raid offense uh, and what it could be. And so it, it sort of makes you think that even if things don't work out for Kyler this year, like there are good things potentially still coming for him. Yeah, yeah. they have to roll with him. I mean, honestly, if you're <laughs> if you're <laughs> with we. A lot of y'all said that last year with Rosen. If you're <laughs> if you're looking at if you're looking at that other side and you play super flex correctly, you know what I mean. So the luck reset combo is still like at worst your quarterback three. You know what I mean. And that you, you have two other starters. You want to play the David Montgomery card like Swag does. I can understand it, but I think Kyler and Justice is the play to make. As does only sixty two percent. So I think a lot maybe holding out hope that luck comes back and is worth something you know next year or whatever that is but uh yeah kyler and justice hill side for me and the poll winner moving on i have a at that moolah 91 that's definitely how you say that 10 team ppr uh dalvin cook on one side i have james connor and a 2022nd on the other i'm gonna start with swags on this one because i feel like it'll be fast for him Uh, i want the dalvin cook side no it'd be fast mark is coming to you yeah, I think I'd go the Dalvin Cook side too. Um, especially if the I mean if the Vikings really are intent on starting to run the football more. Um, you know, and and if Dalvin Cook can sort of stay healthy, uh, you know, I, I, I think I want that side. Man, but that that pick makes it makes it awfully spicy. Um it makes it kind of tempting, but I think I stay with Dalvin Cook. All right. If I going Connor. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I love Dalvin. The 85-yard touchdown was, ah, but so I'm going to change the 2022nd now, right? Dalvin's still on one side by himself. James Connor, and I'm going to throw you Josh Gordon. Are you still staying Dalvin? Yep. Yeah, there's no way that you're talking me into James Connor. I mean, I think you know that. All right, so I'm going to come back to Marcus (laughs) now. You can throw a really sexy lady with the reach around over there, and I'm going to stick with Dalvin. Good. (laughs) What if I do the reach run? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, maybe. okay. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but like I. So is Josh Gordon worth more than a 2020 second? I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Not so okay. There are things in this world that lots of people love that I want to love that I just can't bring myself to love, like Radiohead and like Monty Python, right? Like people love those things. <laughs> People love those things, and I want to love them the same way other people do, and I just can't. I just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't hit with me. Josh Gordon's sort of the same thing. Like, I want to love him. Like, I want to go running and salivating every time his name pops up on Twitter, like so much a fantasy Twitter does. Like, it is it is downright Pavlovian, the way people respond when, when Josh Gordon's name. And I just can't. Like, I've had my heart broken too many times, right? Like, he's been in our lives, and then he leaves us like a comet passing through the sky. Like, I just can't. And so, yeah, I, I, I still have to stay with Dalvin Cook. I can't. All right, I want to flip it because I, I think you made up a really good point. But what if Radiohead had only stuck with Creep? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Then I might totally be in on, on Radiohead. <laughs> One hit wonder. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right, so I, these two polls, um, I just, Dalvin, 
loss to Connor in the 2022, 59% took James Connor's side. James Connor and Josh Gordon, 65% on the other side against Dalvin Cook. So, hmm. but neither one of you want to give up the second for Josh. No, I don't want I don't want James Connor. All right. So answer my other question though. Oh, would I give up a 2022 for Josh Gordon? Yep. Probably not, but I totally understand. Like I do. Like I, I would I don't know. This that isn't I, like me like trying to I, work a trade with you in a in a league that we right, have those yeah. pieces and could do it. Not at if all. I'm, if I'm in win now mode, right? Like if I think I'm I'm close to like actually winning a championship, then maybe I make that move. But uh, no, like I just who knows where Josh Gordon and I don't say this in a mean way, but who knows where Josh Gordon is going to be in 2020, right? Who knows where he's going to be in six months? Like that, it, it, we just have a history of him. There's a risk involved with that, and that's not one I'm willing to take. Yeah, totally agreed. All right, I'm going to go to the next one, which is at B Hartley 4144. This is a tight end premium, one and a half PPR. So Christian McCaffrey and Hunter Henry on or on one side. David Johnson, Duke Johnson, Austin Eckler, and Vance Dance is on the other. Swags, I've seen your answer to this, and I'll let you wait. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to Marcus first. I'm going CMC and and Hunter all day. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey has been my, my first overall pick in redraft leagues. Um, and, and look, I loved Hunter Henry from the day he was drafted by the chargers. And you know, for all the, all that we've talked about him and all the excitement that we've seen with him, he still hasn't really had what you would consider a breakout season, right? Cause he's always sort of been in the shadow of Antonio Gates. So this is his chance to finally go out and be that guy and have that breakout season and, and sort of pick up where the old great Antonio Gates left off in the charger offense. Um, you know, I, look. The only the only negative to me with Hunter Henry long term is how much longer is Philip Rivers going to play? But I feel like because he keeps having kids, he's got to keep putting food <laughs> on the table, so he should be around for a while. So I, I that's the side that I want to see him see in, in Hunter Henry all day. Swags, that's also the side. Yeah, you I want McCaffrey for sure. Um, Swags, Hunter Henry or Vance McDonald? Um, Hunter if I, Henry. If, I, if I'm making you play them this year, you I don't get to trade him Hunter away. Henry. Okay, I just I know you hate both of those guys. I'm, and I'm a little surprised, I guess, the Marcus with the one-on-one at McCaffrey, but your David Johnson love, and then Lamar Miller. I just never understood Dukes. Vance McDonald like hype, like something happened. That they were like he stiff-armed a dude. Boom, top five tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, I'm going on to at Neo Scouting. Uh, just a dynasty ten team superflex. Jimmy Garoppolo and a 2023rd. Or a 2021st and a 2022nd. They're weird pieces wow, yeah. and in a 10 team. Super flex. Uh, it is super flex. Man. Yep. 10 team, though. Dynasty. Or do we believe in Garoppolo to, to be better than what we've seen in just a couple of. Uh, I don't think they were a whole lot of matter there, but it's only a 10 team. Swags, you won't take that first. I mean, I mean, there's a couple things going on here because, I mean, as soon as you give them Jimmy G, your, your first probably isn't going to be as good next year it's going to you're making that team better so the first is going to get mm-hmm. weaker um I, I wish there was a piece in this trade like some kind of smaller piece with jimmy g it'd make me feel a lot better if i was getting some points in my lineup this year but um i'm out on jimmy g i don't know we haven't seen anything from the guy to ever make him value the way he was i think he's going to be the starter there but he's replaceable too i don't know so in a 10 team even if you feel like you make that team better we can call it like 108 because it's the 10 teams. So you're getting like 108 and what, what 17th pick overall, 16th pick overall. 10 team doesn't, yeah. doesn't uh, create enough like 
of a panic right. situation in the quarterback area, like you'd you'd almost have to use some of um the scoring we were talking about earlier. Marcus brought up in the one quarterback <laughs> yeah, leagues that's, or that's like exactly. something <laughs> like that. Like ten team doesn't tweak super flex enough for me to give that grade of an upgrade to the value. I'm guessing that this team either is pretty set at quarterback or has a crappy team and ready to move on. So Fair. I want the first. Marcus. Hmm. I think I'm not quite out on Jimmy G yet. Like he hasn't, he hasn't played enough for me to, to be, I, yeah. Fun fact that I've heard a lot of people mention Baker Mayfield has played more or has made more NFL starts. I think than Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Right. right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, so I'm not ready to close the book on him yet. And look, man, we saw what Kyle Shanahan did with Nick Mullins last year, right? Like, we don't think he could do something similar with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think I think I'm gonna I think I would stay with him. I think I'd stay on that side uh and give him a chance to sort of prove himself. Two drink. Swag's in a twelve team. Do you change your mind? Twelve team, I'd probably go to Jimmy G. Yeah. I think, man, I I'm gonna go Jimmy G. I think even in the ten team here. Uh, my only worry is that I don't know how much more than a first and second I can get if I decide I'm out on it during the year. Um, but I swags kind of to your point. I, I want some points I can play with this season and then figure it out because I think there is a point during that, that I can, I can get close to that. Um, but right now the picks are actually leading 60 something percent. So oh, wow. maybe there are some people out on Jimmy G that was also, that one surprised me a little bit when I put that one up. So I was just wondering where we, we were for that to happen. All right, I got one last one here, and it's also 10-team super flex. We're going to rookie way, and it's a different side of picks. So we get Dwayne Haskins, and we're going to get a 2020 second and a 2021 second. So we're going way out. To me, I'm playing Haskins. Two seconds down the road doesn't doesn't mean a whole lot. Even in 10-team, I'll, I'll take a shot at this guy because I don't care about those picks. So I'm hoping Haskins is probably my fourth quarterback at least. In 10-team, he should be like my fifth, and I'm waiting on it. That's worth that pick to have that. Tell me I'm wrong. Either one of you. You won't do it. No, I'm with you. I, in this situation, I think that's an absolute steal for Haskins. Yeah. He just probably I mean, went, what, 106, yep. 107 was kind of the latest he went in a lot of rookie drafts, you know, for Superflex. I, at one point, I'm, I was okay with taking him at 102 if you need a quarterback. And I still think he takes the job from Case this year at some point, even if that's not the right move. And I think that's the biggest key because I do think he'll, he'll end up starting at some point this year. Like, even if you don't, you know, necessarily want to hold on to him long term, why not let him play his way into, you know, getting you something better, getting you a better return than a couple of second round picks. Right. Cause if he's starting at the end of the year and and your team isn't any good, you know what I mean? Cause you were waiting on that or needed something like that to happen. I think you could sell him to a contender for a first and now you traded two seconds for a first, you know, in the year coming up. Yeah. I'm gonna make that trade next year during my rookie draft all day long and nobody will let me do that. so um we got Dwayne Haskins just barely right now 53 percent it's early in this one I need to go shoot some offers out for Haskins when we get off (laughs) right right can I throw a couple seconds everybody should do that feel that out um Marcus we're getting right to the end of our time here I am so stoked that you came on and talked all kinds of crazy nonsense of uh, scoring <laughs> that I want to try to write down on paper, dude. That, that sounds amazing. You can listen oh, back. I don't, there you go. I'm going to take notes <laughs> when I listen back. <laughs> but uh, if there's no way nobody knows where, uh, not knows where you're coming from, if they're listening to this show, but go ahead and tell everybody one more time where they can uh, find you. 
Yeah, uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Marcus G M A R C A S G. Uh, I also I also have a Facebook account, but like real talk, like I don't I don't check it that much, so um, that wouldn't be the place to go to try to ask me questions. Um, uh, yeah, otherwise, like we do our pod, we do the NFL Fantasy Live podcast a couple times a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. Kind of. Uh, we are uh, NFL Fantasy Live. Starting back on NFL Network, uh, Monday, September second. So it's Labor Day for the rest of the yes. country. Labor Day for the rest of the country. We will be laboring, uh, doing a show, the first show of the season, and uh, we're actually doing a new thing this year called League One. Uh, it's it's a fun. It's a twelve team fantasy league. Six experts on one side, uh, six celebrities on the other side. Although I will say that uh, you know of all the celebrities, which are great and fun, the people I was most excited with to get in the league. Uh, we got the fantasy footballers, so nice. they are uh, they're hanging out on the expert side. And so it was fun, kind of drafting and podcasting with those guys a little bit too. So, uh, but keep an eye out, League One. If you play in the NFL Fantasy app, and I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, you'll be finding it there. It'll be uh, it'll be airing several days a week. Myself, Adam Rank, uh, a whole lot of goodness and fun. So uh, yeah, there it is. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Check that out and watch for new scoring for Marcus Grant. <laughs> we will work on this. Like I feel like we as a group of people, right? As a smart collective group of fantasy football people, we can all sort of hash this out and come up with something to make this a whole lot better. We can do it. I believe in us. I have faith in us. Yeah. Hey, like I said, you almost talked me into kickers and some <laughs> other quarterback that won't be around there. And, uh, and Marcus, I will be having plenty of beers in your honor while you are laboring. So you're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> Swags is at DFF underscore swag. I am at FL to drink minimum. Steve, our co-host who may or may not retire. That's at the real Halefka. Find us at Superflex Pod and Superflex Trades. Do it. He said he's gonna retire if he can't get that Kleenex endorsement. <laughs> it's kinda like the helmet issue. Is that why his shoulder is sore? <laughs> Too far. Hey stupid. Marcus, 12 team Superflex. Damian Williams or Jacoby Brissett in a 2022 second? Ooh. You know, I think I think Brissett in the second. Like, I just don't know if uh, Damian Williams is long for Kansas City with if, if Darwin Thompson is as good as advertised. Yeah. Swags wants to know Damian Williams. Yeah. I, I, I Marcus, is do it, it cool for soulmates for the next five minutes or so? <laughs> Marcus is like, I got it, Kev. He's like, yeah, <laughs> no, not even. And Love me some Darwin Thompson. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't. I just haven't had the stones to draft Damian Williams yet, uh, and I don't. I can't really put my finger on why, but I just haven't been able to do it. Uh, you can tell him you're a smart guy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>